Hello there, and welcome to Grim Reading, where each episode we read and review a Brothers Grimm tale. My name is Matthew Hughes, and with me on this journey is my co-host, Mr. Adam Field. This week on Grim Reading... The Three Spinners! So make yourself comfortable and prepare for a... Grim Reading! There was once a girl who was idle and would not spin, and let her mother try as she might, she could not bring her to it. At last the mother became so overcome with anger and impatience that she beat her, on which the girl began to weep loudly. Whoa. Now, at this very moment, the queen drove by. (laughs) (laughs) I I never know which bit's going to tickle you. At which point, the queen drives by. (laughs) Hey, what's going on there? You beat her? That's not how you beat her. (laughs) Give her a... (laughs) The queen drives by. And when she heard the weeping, she stopped her carriage, went into the house, and asked the mother why she was beating her daughter. So so that the cries could be heard out on the road. Then the woman was ashamed to reveal the laziness of her daughter and said, I cannot get her to quit spinning. Um, She insists on spinning forever and ever. And I'm poor and cannot procure the flax. So, <laughs> what a strange way to go so, with that situation. Yeah. Uh, I know what a line saying the exact opposite of what's happening. I mean, I love it. It says, um, the woman was ashamed, not yeah. that she was beating her daughter, <laughs> that the daughter was lazy. lazy. <laughs> so, oh, I can't stop her spinning, <laughs> can't get enough flax. Then answered the queen. There is nothing I like better than the sound of spinning, and I am never happier than when the wheels are humming. Let me have your daughter with me in the palace. I have flax enough, and then she shall spin as much as she likes. The mother was heartily satisfied with this, (laughs) and the queen took the girl with her. (laughs) Whoa, whoa. Just like that, gone. Yeah, sorted. (laughs) Sir off. When they had arrived at the palace, she led her up into three rooms which were filled from the bottom to the top with the finest flax. Now spin me this flax, said she, and when you have done it, you shall have my eldest son for a husband, even if you are poor. I do not care about that, for you are an industrious worker. The girl was secretly terrified, for she could not have spun the flax, no, not if she had lived till she was three hundred years old, and had sat at it every day from morning till night. Oh dear, too much flax. When she was alone, she began to weep and sat thus for three days without moving a finger. Oh dear. On the third day came the queen, and when she saw that nothing had been spun yet, she was surprised. But the girl excused herself by uh, saying that she had not been able to begin because of her great distress at leaving her mother's house. The queen was satisfied with this, but said when she was going away, Tomorrow you must begin your work. When the girl was alone again, she did not know what to do, and in her distress she went to the window. Then she saw three women coming towards her, the first of whom had a broad flat foot, the second had such <laughs> hang on, just one. hang on, the second had such a grey underlip that it hung down <laughs> over her chin, and the, and the third had a broad thumb. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
What an amazing description of three people. One's got a massive bottom lip. Yeah. <laughs> so much it hangs down under a chin. Yeah. Mm. Oh. And then one's got a massive thumb and the other's got a massive foot. They remained standing before the window, looked up, and asked the girl what was amiss with her. Assuming it was like not the girl with a massive lip who spoke. She <laughs> must have trouble. <laughs> She complained of her trouble, and then they offered her their help and said, If you will invite us to the wedding, not be ashamed of us, and will call us your aunts, and likewise will place us at your table, we will spin up the flax for you, and that in a very short time. Oh, with all my heart, she replied, come in and begin the work at once. Then she let in the three strange women and cleared a place in the first room, where they seated themselves and began their spinning. The one drew the thread and trod the wheel, the other wetted the thread, and the third twisted it and struck the table with her finger. (laughs) I know which did Uh. which. (laughs) (laughs) And as often as she struck it, a skein of thread fell to the ground that was spun in the finest manner possible. Wow. The girl concealed the three spinners from the queen and showed her whenever she came the great quantity of spun thread until the latter could not praise her enough. So the queen is super happy. Of course. When the first room was empty, she went to the second, and at last to the third, and that too was quickly cleared. Then the three women took leave and said to the girl, Do not forget what you have promised us. It will make you your fortune. When the maiden showed the queen the empty rooms and the great heap of yarn, she gave orders for the wedding, and the bridegroom rejoiced that he was to have such a clever and industrious wife, and he praised her mightily. Of course he did. So the wedding's on. Yeah. Prince is super happy. Of course, he's got a really... (laughs) Really good flax spinner. I have three aunts, said the girl. And as they have been very kind to me, I should not like to forget them in my good fortune. Allow me to invite them to the wedding and let them sit at the table with us. The queen and the bridegroom said, why should we not allow that? Therefore, when the feast began, the three women entered in strange apparel. And the bride said, welcome, dear aunts. Ah, said the bridegroom. However, did you get such odious friends? Oh, oh <laughs> savage. He, he, odious friends. He went to the one with the broad, flat foot and said, How did you come by such a broad foot? By treading, she answered. Oh. By treading. The bridegroom went to the second and said, How did you come by your falling lip? Falling lip. <laughs> By licking, she answered. <laughs> By licking. <laughs> How do you think, you muppet? <laughs> then he asked the third, How did you come by your broad thumb? By twisting the thread, she answered. By twisting the thread. Hmm. At this, the king's son was alarmed and said, Neither now nor ever shall my beautiful bride touch a spinning wheel. And thus she oh. got rid of the hateful flax spinning. Genius! The end. That was great. You enjoyed that story. I really did. And what a great ending. Do you know what? <laughs> that was a genuine, logical twist ending that I didn't see coming. Pulled the rug under your feet. It really did. How do you mean? 
As in, through I just thought, okay, this is some weird stuff going on. Yeah. And then through that, she's managed to secure herself a life of never having to mm-hmm. spin, which she never wanted to do. And yeah. she's married to a prince. Yeah. So like she's got everything she wanted. Exactly. She's so it starts, there's a girl who doesn't want to spin. Yeah. And through a weird spinning adventure, yeah. she never has to spin. And, but she's just married to the prince. And she's queen. Yeah. That, awesome. That's That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. Okay, I'm glad you liked it. I'm now thinking about the AKA, the alternative title, yes. Nasty Flax Spinners, and thinking now, with what I know, that's yeah. very cruel. Exactly. <laughs> Calling yeah. them nasty, because they've yeah. got a big foot, a big thumb, and a big lip. <laughs> I did find a research paper, actually, that broke down the different adjectives ascribed to the women in the original German, or right. in the different German versions. Yeah. And yeah, so like a lot of them are translated as, you know, nasty, ugly, things like that. So yeah, nasty flax spinning. Yeah, it's because wow. those women are described as nasty. Nasty. <laughs> so it's actually quite... It's horrible. What were you imagining nasty flax spinning I was? don't know. Oh, just to say, yeah, the uh, an alternative title for this story is nasty flax spinning. Yes, but sorry. We read the three spinners, but yes. I mentioned it a few times before. I'm quite <laughs> fond of that title, but now often, knowing yeah. what I know... Mm. Yeah, that's not great, is it? Nasty flax spinning. What did you imagine nasty flax spinning? I imagined the act of flax spinning was somehow nasty. (laughs) And that really intrigued me. (laughs) It's the long and short of it. I have a very limited imagination because I can't even picture (laughs) what that would be. Wow. What a great story. Oh, I'm so glad you liked it. Yeah, I really did. I wasn't sure that you would. It it was good, wasn't it? It It was good. So something I noticed from it was... uh, there's a lot of lying in there. So she used lies to get out of other lies. Yes. Okay, well, let's go through. First of all, uh, her mum lies to the queen. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't want to admit that her daughter's lazy and doesn't want to spin, so she pretends mm. the reason she's beating her is that she's spinning too much. Yeah, exactly. So that's the, so that's that's the, the first, first lie. lie. The second... I don't think the queen lies. No, she loves spinning. She's just honest about that. Yeah. Um... The, after a few days, the daughter hasn't spun anything. Yeah. So then she, that's the second lie. She says, oh no, the reason I've not spun is uh, I because my I'm, awful mother. My, I'm homesick. Yeah. yeah. She goes, fair enough, but tomorrow you better start. Then she goes to the window, sees the different yeah. women. I'm not going to call them nasty or ugly. <laughs> Alternative. Alternative women. There's no lying there. Um, no, there's no lying there. She lies... When the queen she, comes and to she see tells it. her that she's spun it all exactly, and then she lies saying that These they're are my her aunts, aunt. yes, exactly. yeah, and then t- possibly they lie to the prince about why. Well, possibly, so this I'm not sure, about. <laughs> it's almost like because obviously they've got these features which make them perfect flax spinners. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that great foot! All the better to spin the put, you know, tr- the tr- press the treadle. <laughs> I think you're thinking of a different fairy tale. There. All <laughs> I'm the mixing better. my fairy tales. What a massive lip you have! All the better to lick the thread with. I mean, which makes no sense. No. You don't lick with your bottom lip. That's weird. <laughs> great with postage stamps. I was just doing that. To show them what that would look like. <laughs> it looks weird. So, so do they have the, those characteristics? Because because they've been spinning a lot, yeah. or do they spin really well because they have those characteristics? What came first, the big the foot the or chick- the, tr- the chicken <laughs> or the egg? You found a, a, conund- a philosophical conundrum the there. The big foot or the thread? Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I can't answer that question. No, me neither. But the lying is interesting because it's yeah. sort of you know the hero of the story basically through a massive series of lies. Yeah 
gets the dream life. Yeah, exactly. Is that, is that a good moral? It's not a great moral, but it's a great story. <laughs> That's true. I like that. Yeah, it's just lies to get out of other lies to get out of other lies. Yeah, it's like Breaking Bad or something. You've said that before. I know. <laughs> Got to stop saying that. I know. That's my go-to cultural <laughs> reference. No violence in there. No violence. I wanted no. to bring this up, Adam. Every story we've had so far has been very um, PG. It's been very family-friendly. We haven't had any extreme violence. Every story. This series. Sorry. Oh right, I was going to say. I remember the <laughs> juniper tree. Do you? I, yeah, that's true. I want <laughs> another one. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> this series has been very. Yeah, it's twee. been. Yeah, it's yeah. been quite calm. But it hasn't. Detracted necessarily from a lot of the stuff. No, I, I, maybe from the Golden Goose. I think that was maybe a bit of a non event. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't really end that well for the three flax spinners, did it? They went to, they got to go to a royal wedding, yeah. but they were insulted to their face by uh, the prince. But don't you feel the like groom. they were in charge? They, they, they knew. It was all prepared because yeah. they're just further helping the, the girl. True. And they go in their funny apparel. Yeah, what is that? I don't know. Wacky outfits. <laughs> do you have any more questions you'd like to ask before we move uh, on? Do I have any more or questions? Any thoughts, um, any yeah, thoughts? it did tickle me, the Queen driving by. I'm picturing uh, the Queen in a big Range Rover yeah. just like driving by like, oh, hang on. Back up, reverse. <laughs> such Whoa, an... is that a girl being beaten? <laughs> Let me go in. Ding dong. What are you doing? What are you up to here? Also, I realised that Apparently, she was Queen Elizabeth II. <laughs> what else? Really? I know. I did think that. Sorry I thought that, that is definitely our current <laughs> queen. But that's the reigning monarch. So we've already mentioned the other name for this story, Nasty Flag Spinning. Yeah. That was the original name for the story. Mm-hmm. Von dem Bossen Flagspinnen. Oh, <laughs> Von dem Bossen Flagspinnen. Yeah, Nasty Flag Spinning. That was the version in the first ever publication of their fairy tales. And it's yeah. quite different from the one we just read. Well, it's fairly different. It's not that different. There's a king who loves flax spinning more than anything else in the world. And his daughters had to spin the entire day, all day long, forever. Wow. One day he goes off on a work trip and he gives his daughters a day's worth of flax to spin. The queen orders the three daughters to spin the flax. They go to the window, they meet the three women and then same old, same old. And then the king says, you never have to spin again. Oh, interesting. So it doesn't it doesn't have a girl plucked out by the queen and taken no. to the palace. It, it all happens within the royal family. But also there's one odd woman to every princess. Yes, exactly. Yeah. There's that as well. So the source for that story was Jeanette Hassempflug, and there was also a literary source, Johann Pretorius, from the 17th century that the, the Grimm's mention in their annotated notes. Mm-hmm. They say there's a literary source of this from the 17th century, but we have taken it as a folktale read right. to us. Yeah. In 1819, they changed it to Die Drei Spinnenin, or The Three Spinners. Die Drei Spinnenin. Spinnen. Uh, it really hurts us reading these German yeah. words. I just I think about our German listeners, and we've collected a few. I feel since we started, we and have, yeah. just the cringing that they must in- oh, induce. Yeah. I'm so sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm sorry. so sorry. Not great at that. Die drei Spinnenin. Yeah. The Grimms were acquainted with a number of variants of this um, folk tale, 
Uh, and the version we've read primarily came from a guy called Paul Wigand and others too. So it had Jeanette Hassenflug's first version. They just mashed it all together. Something I noticed, I found there was an English translation from 1912 uh, mm. by Marraine Edwards, and she called it the Spinning Fairies. Ooh, fairies. So these women were called fairies in her story. Jack Zipes, who's one of the most recent translators, um, translated them as spinsters, the three Oh, women. which is interesting. interesting. Mm. Makes me think the etymology of spinster, someone we think of as... Uh, Unmarried older woman. Uh, old, yeah, old and unmarried, yeah. yeah. Is a spinster because she sits there spinning all day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, actually, I think one of our listeners uh, mentioned that in a Facebook post yes. at some point. Um, yes, the term spinster comes from spinning, from a woman spinning. Yeah. And that's where it's connected. That's very. That's a grim fact right that there. That is a great grim fact. That everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. <laughs> uh, if we go abroad uh, in Norway, the, the Norwegian version, they were called the three aunts. Uh, okay. And they're referred to as a hag as well, Oof. as hags. And the earliest version I could find of this type of story was called The Seven Bits of Bacon Rind <laughs> by our old friend, Gian Battista Basile. Oh, <laughs> he's great. What's he up to with <laughs> that bacon he's rind? He's always cropping up, this guy. Uh, Basile is a um, 17th century Neapolitan folktale writer, one of the earliest folktale writers yep. in Europe. Um, and he's got a way with words. He certainly does. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where that's so verbose, we're not going to read the story. <laughs> um, so yeah, in that story, though, the girl's being beaten by her mother because she ate all the bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That is so much more relatable. <laughs> that's just a few stories from uh, the rest of Europe and also the different variants of this story with the Brothers Grimm. Mm-hmm. But there are many other Brothers Grimm stories that involve the act of spinning. I won't name them and influence I think of your choice. One famous one already. Please. Rumpelstiltskin. Bingo. Hit the nail on the head. There's another one called The Lazy Spinning Woman. Oh, okay. It's probably not giving much way if I tell you that's about spinning. Okay, yeah, sounds <laughs> yeah, like it. We've had, uh, we've had Rumpelstiltskin as well. Um, and actually something I noticed with, with this story, which I quite liked, um, is that the stakes aren't very high. Yeah. In Rumpelstiltskin, he's going to have a baby taken away. He's going to take a firstborn, yeah. In this, the Queen just says, if you want to marry my son, uh, you've got to spin all that. And if she doesn't, she just goes home, I guess. I think so. So stakes that's aren't very high. made explicit. Yeah, that's true. So I guess I was saying I really want a violent story, but you don't have to have violence or, or like real high stakes to have a good little story. No, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, all this uh, spinning malarkey got me, got me thinking about spinning, Adam, and I've had oh, a yeah. few thoughts... Go on. Uh, that I'd like to share with you. Spin me some thoughts. And I've done a bit of research as well. Go for it. So often in these stories, you're defined by what you do. Think the characters are called the tailor, mm-hmm. the woodcutter, the huntsman, the soldier, the king, the queen. You're defined by your role in society. But rarely these characters do the actual work that they're defined by in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, the little tailor, Thumbling, he never does any tailoring. Yeah. Um, it's kind of incidental. Exactly. But you're never called a spinner. You never say there was once a spinner. No. And that's because it's basically something that all women do. It's, it's like a household ev- chore. It's not a job. Ev- exactly. Well, it is a job that women have to do, but it's not, it's not considered It's not considered enough. a career, yeah. Exactly. And also, I realise that spinning is the, so far, along with Rumpelstiltskin, has been the driving force of the narrative, hasn't it? So in this story... Mm-hmm. You've got to spin all that. 
And it's the same with uh, Rumpelstiltskin. It's like spinning is the very center of the story. And, yeah. and both of the stories we've had so far with spinning and all future stories will involve women as the heroines of the story. Yeah. Which is quite interesting That's as well. That's cool. And so perhaps this speaks of the everyday life of women and in particular the tellers of the tales because the Brothers Grimm collected these stories from the German people. They were trying mm -hmm. to make a compendium of German stories. Sure. And a lot of those people were women. A lot of their sources were women. So women would sit and spin in the evening and tell each other stories. So we have a direct connection between the act of spinning and the teller and the Brothers Grimm story, perhaps unlike, you know, king and a queen or whatever, a story yeah. of a prince. These are women who would be spinning and telling stories of a, of a girl who's been forced to spin or whatever. Yeah, Does sure. that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah and as I say, I've been so I've had a little look into spinning. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like agriculture or metallurgy, spinning is a fundamental part of the development of human civilization. Mm -hmm. um, so I did a wee bit of research, as I said, because I okay. didn't know anything about spinning at yeah. all. Spinning, Adam, is essentially turning fiber... Uh, which at Germany in this time was generally flax, hence nasty flax spinning. But you can yep. have different types of fiber, like cotton or silk. Sure. So it's essentially turning fiber into yarn, which can then be used to create textiles. Yes. There is evidence of human spinning from 20,000 years ago. Wow. And for thousands of years, the hand spindle was used by humans. Yep. You got, an, you got an idea of a hand spindle in your head? I mean, there are different types of hand spindle. The drop spindle was the main one. So that's sort of like a cone shape. And it right, would kind yes. of be spinning underneath you while you're working on it above. Okay. So using gravity to do yeah. some of the work. Yeah, I see that. And this was in use for thousands and thousands of years. And it wouldn't just be used for making clothes. It would be used for everything from like making ropes on ships to making tapestries. And even um, the ancient Egyptians used that form of spinning to wrap their mummies up. Oh, okay. Wrap their mummies up. <laughs> so the spinning wheel, which yeah. was the next step in the history okay. of spinning, was invented in 1030 AD okay. in the Middle East, where it spread to the rest of Eurasia, arriving in Europe in the 1200s. Right. Yeah, the spinning wheel just is a more efficient form of doing it. So often, you know, you can picture that, can't you? You've got the wheel going round, you've got a foot pump that's doing yeah, the work. Yeah, a treadle, yeah. And it basically, it does the twisting part of the fibre for you yeah. as you feed it through. Yeah. So that was in the 11th century, the spinning wow. wheel was invented. And then the next leap was in the 1700s with the Industrial Revolution. Yes, I was going to say, that I was kind of itching to say that that actually was probably... The key part of the Industrial Revolution here mm. in England mm -hmm. was the... Spinning was, Jenny, spinning was, the Jenny. was the yes. first one. Yeah. And it was the textile industry up in the north. That yeah. was the economic book, yeah. was the textiles. And that was the driving force, was textiles. Yeah. So in, in our stories and in real life, spinning is almost always associated with women. Right. So all the Brothers Grimm stories with spinning have a woman as their main character. And in, in the three spinners, the story we just read... Literally all of the characters are women except the prince. And I don't That's think we've ever had that before. No, it's a very female-led story. Absolutely. And the prince, he's an interesting character because you could say either he's a sort of foppish, a slightly useless character. Yeah. And he just gives the cliched happily ever after moment. Yeah. But then I also felt he, he also, he represents the permanent salvation. He's the one with the power to save this girl from the spinning. Yeah, because it's well. his decree at the end that she will not spin. It wasn't her choice. So it he, was his. So he, does, so he does have that power. But then you kind of think he's being 
you don't feel he's, he's being played. He's being played. He doesn't have a clue what's going on behind the scenes. Like a bagpipe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's really interesting, isn't it? This is a really yeah. female-led story. And I think it's not giving much away by saying that in the Brothers Grimm tales, the art of spinning doesn't come off particularly well. It hasn't so far, has it? Not really. It's used to show subjugation, mm. poverty. It's a punishment. Uh, in some stories, it's something that will make you ill, uh, give you a big lip, droopy <laughs> yeah. lip. <laughs> and I think in one story, apparently it can even cause death. Oh dear. Yeah, so watch out. In certain, in fact, in certain stories, the Brothers Grimm themselves particularly didn't like spinning. So in certain tales, they added spinning to show hardship. Oh, wow. Because, as we say all the time, the idea of their collection of tales is that they've gone out and found the stories of the German people, right? Yeah. So people tell them the stories, they write them down, they publish it. But their thumbprints are all over these stories and they edit them, change them, mix them up. Mm-hmm. And one of their uh, prints is adding spinning in certain stories to show a character in a bad situation. So in their original manuscript, when mm-hmm. they first collected the stories, there's this old manuscript that was found, I think in the 20th century, which had all their original stories in uh, before two years before they published the first book there was a couple of stories I'll, I'll tell you one I'll tell you a couple there was King Thrushbeard and the Water Nixie <laughs> both didn't have spinning involved in the story at all but the brothers added it yeah just to show how bad a character situation wow. was so they really didn't like spinning no. well they're using it as shorthand kind of uh, how do you mean well using it as, sh- as shorthand for poverty yeah like basically, it's yeah. like how do we drive home the point that this person's poor? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, so it's interesting because the Brothers Grimm have an agenda of like, you know, the industrious German peasant. Mm-hmm. But then they also kind of show their stories offer salvation from toil of work, don't they? And yeah. they show work to be bad. But then you could say they show almost perhaps liberation through your toil. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like you work hard enough. You succeed. These are their bourgeois German values. This is a much bigger conversation. That's the American for dream. Time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so throughout the the stories, the act of spinning emerges as a highly undesirable act, um, which perhaps gives us a glimpse into the life of women and the tellers of the tales at the time. You might be tempted to say, Adam, that it's fate that we ended up making Grim Reading. You know, and if you did, I'd say, it's funny you should mention fate, Adam. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Why did I mention that? I don't know. Why, why did you? I'm glad you did. Because the word fate comes from the fates of Greek and Roman mythology, in which there are three fates who, would you believe, were three spinning goddesses. Oh. Would you, Adam and Eve? I wouldn't. Uh, but I'm going to have to. Tell me more. They, the fates of Greek... Have you heard of the fates of Greek? I have mythology? not. So yeah, three spinning goddesses who determined human destiny. Okay. And they would assign you your destiny from birth. They were called Clotho. Clotho? Clotho. <laughs> it sounds like a rubbish superhero. Oh no, any Greek listeners, I'm really sorry. No, I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Clotho! <but laughs> it's Clotho! To the rescue. <laughs> 
clotho <laughs> spun the thread of life. Oh no, here we go. Lachesis or lachesis. Okay. She, she measured the allotted length. Right. And Atropos would cut it off with her shears. Right. So in this way, spinning is associated with destiny and fate and human life. Okay. Three female goddesses associated with fate and spinning can be found elsewhere too. If we head over to Scandinavia, the Norns of Norse mythology were female beings who controlled the fates of humans and gods. In some sagas there were many Norns, but in others there were definitively three, sometimes depicted spinning. And in fact, there are many examples of a collective of three deities, often female, in the ancient world and in pagan and polytheistic religions. Which is fascinating, but mm-hmm. perhaps something to be explored another time, as it, again, might give us insights into why there are always three in fairy tales. Okay, yeah. You often get collections of three gods or goddesses. Yeah. And actually, if we dare go there, you could talk about the Holy Trinity in Christianity. Some Absolutely. people say that's a kind of polytheistic echo as well. But that's for another time. <laughs> Absolutely. Final thing I'm going to say is Spider Woman. Spider Woman? Is she friends with Clotho? <laughs> For many Native American tribes uh, yeah. believe in a spider woman or a spider grandmother who is associated with the emergence of life. So she's associated with spinning and human life and destiny, hence the spider connection, because spiders obviously spin. Yeah. So our three spinning women in The Three Spinners are likely connected to the spinning gods of old, female figures associated with life, death, destiny and fate one final thing actually is you've also got the three witches in shakespeare's macbeth i can't get through an episode without mentioning shakespeare at the moment, <laughs> uh, who cause mischief and play with human destinies right yeah so that's another strand there so pardon the pun so <laughs> we've mentioned before how goddesses that were once worshipped down the ages were demonized and shown to be evil mm-hmm. and turned into witches and how perhaps fairy tales are an echo of an ancient conception of the world or old beliefs in the power of pagan deities, which we kind of have fed through into the Brothers Grimm somehow. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Do you think, like, spinning and textiles could be related to stories in a lot of ways? Like, you tell yarns yeah. and stories have threads. Yeah, that, that could well be true, but also... It might just be the fact that we have a lot of idioms related to spinning because it's been with us forever. Because um, to spin a yarn, I had a look at that, and it means, uh, obviously it means to tell a a tale. But apparently that dates from the Victorian era, I think, where it's related to sailors. So on a ship, when they were twisting the thread of the ropes, which was a really long, arduous task... They'd tell each other stories, which eventually came to be known as yarns. Right, okay. If you spin a yarn. Yeah, it's not related to spinning in this respect, no. but, you know, it shows how fundamental spinning is. Sure. It's in everything. It's just going to crop up all the time. Yeah. So there's a lot to spinning there that is. I hadn't anticipated. Big thumbs, big feet, and big lip. Yeah, I hope you learned a little bit more <laughs> than that. <laughs> no, that's all I learned. <laughs> Have you got 
a score in mind? I kind of do. I don't know if I should just come out and say it. I'm just going to come out and say it. Maybe I'll justify it afterwards. I'm going to give that an eight. <laughs> Same as last time. Nice. I thought about it. It's different to the previous story. The it pack is. of ragamuffins, but... Very different. The fact that I wasn't able to figure out if it was better or worse, it should probably be given the same score. I, but essentially, I really enjoyed it. It's a great story. I think there's lots of interesting things to it. I think you were saying about the stakes not being that high. You know, it's mm. interesting how Rumpelstiltskin, she's, she's got a magical task. You know, she has mm. to spin straw into gold. Mm-hmm. And it can't be done. Mm-hmm. So she's re- relying on this weird, weird little fella yeah. to do it. Whereas this <laughs> weird is... Weird little fella. This one is just... Spin this flax into some thread, please. Yeah. It's a regular task. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's not that hard. Just do it. But she just, she could do it. It's within her capability. She yeah. just doesn't want to. Yeah. Um, Lazy and, girl. And I like that. I like that. I can respect <laughs> that. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite to a non-narrative, which is really good, hard-working, strong character yeah. who has forces stopping them doing what they need to do and exactly. they overcome it. This is like a generally a girl who really doesn't do want to do it. Stop making me do it. <laughs> and I, yeah, I kind of like that. You're right. It's kind of a warped, again, sorry for the pun. <laughs> it's, a, it's a warped version of a standard fairy tale because it is a standard fairy tale, isn't it? It's a problem, character gets help from a magical helper, three magical helpers, mm-hmm. who helps her marry a prince. Yeah. But you're right, but actually, it's all a little bit... It's a warped version of that, because there's, the stakes aren't high. She doesn't have to do it. She could yeah. do it if she, she wants to. Yeah. <laughs> she just doesn't want to. And then, she, and then these women do it, and she's like, all right, great, I'm going to marry a prince. And that's great. And the ending was mm. it for me. That's what really yeah. solidified that position of mm-hmm. eight. Like, didn't see that coming. Somehow, <laughs> through this weird sequence of events... Mm. She's ended up with exactly what she wanted. She's living her dream life. Narrative prince doesn't have to spin yeah. another second. She's living her best life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look at me not spinning. <laughs> have you seen her Instagram account? Oh, <laughs> it's off the chain. <laughs> <laughs> so jealous. Uh, so that's, wow. my, that's my thinking. Cool. What's your thinking? What's my thinking? Uh, I, I, along those lines, I think it doesn't feel like it's pushing values on you mm-hmm. saying you know work hard be good be charitable like the golden goose mm. it really feels like i can imagine women spinning telling this story to each other yeah it's sort of saying spinning is rubbish we hate it here's a kind of funny story about three powerful women who help a woman get out of it do you know yeah. what i mean yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not it's not got these sort of mainstream values do you know does that make yeah, sense yeah absolutely so I, yeah i just Thinking about that, I like just, that. It's just like an anti-hero. Like uh, Chanticleer and Partlet. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're my favourite anti-heroes. I'm going to give it an eight. Excellent. I'm going to give it an He's eight. He's on board with the eight. 16. First over 15 of oh, the series. Yeah. <laughs> so, before you go, just a reminder to our patrons. Over at patreon.com slash grimreading, the poll is live for you to choose one of the stories we're going to read next. Uh, the two choices, just to remind you, are The Twelve Huntsmen or The Devil with the Three Golden Hairs. Amazing choice. Uh, just wow. head over to our Patreon. And as long as you are a current patron donating at least $1 a month, you yeah. can vote in that poll. And we will tell you the results in the next episode. Fantastic. Which is... The 
Elves. And the Shoemaker. Yeah. Matt's been wanting to hear this for such a long time. Probably should have opened this series with it, to be honest, but we're making you wait for, for the good stuff. Well, uh, it's been thoroughly enjoyable. It has. I've got to get home. I've got some spinning that's not going to spin itself. No. So I'm going to saddle up and head off. Bye. Bye. See ya. See you guys. If you'd like to support the podcast, please head over to patreon.com slash grimreading to find out how, and also see the range of benefits available as a thank you from us. You can, of course, email us at grimreadingpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at grimreadingpod, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook at grimreading. You can find us on Podbean at podbean.com slash grimreading, and we also have a website, grimreading.wordpress.com. Keep it grim.